Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Yo. Hey, put a little. I never get this line out the first time. It's not even good. Hey, put a little. Put a little bit more in there, cowboy. And the bulldog. What's your degree in? Kicking ass and taking names. <laughs> on WGR Sports Radio 550. Quick follow up on one thing from yesterday. Then uh, we'll be excited to bring on Greg Wasinski. Mentioned how Valentine's Day dinner. My wife did such a great job. Thai food, the right orders, everything except for one thing. The dish she insanely hot. bought for me was so hot, I couldn't eat it. Thai hot. I mean, just like, nope. Good news. Last night, I was able to eat the rest of the meal. Bad news. This morning, I had eaten the rest of the meal. It, uh... We've all been there. It was so so hot it had <laughs> ripple effects. Hashtag ripple effects. But uh, it's gone. I'm fine. And it's a fun story. And that's really what I care most about. All the time. Embarrassing her? Sure. Really, it's just, you know, content. How sad. Greg Wyshynski on the West Her Hotline. Always a treat to have Greg on. What's new, Greg? Sounds like someone needs to get some uh, Preparation H candy hearts next year <laughs> to go along with dinner. Like we are getting old. Maybe. Maybe you're right about that. <laughs> what's What's new with you and with hockey? I mean, we know some things, but not as much as you. Well, I'm, I'm here in Bristol at ESPN headquarters. I'm on the Point tonight, our, our weekly show, to right. talk about some rumors and innuendo. And then my show, The Drop, is on at 8.30 on all the uh, social channels and ESPN Plus previewing the uh, Devils and Blues, but also talking about, you know, a lot of people don't know this. There's an outdoor game this Saturday on ESPN. Right. It's the uh, stadium series game between Carolina and Washington. And I'm a, I'm a fan of the state. Uh, the Winter Classic, everybody loves, obviously, and Buffalo, you know, clearly is the reason it was a success, um, thanks to that first game. But the stadium series is where the NHL, I think, lets its freak flag fly a little bit. You know, the jerseys are always weird. I remember seeing Kiss play at Dodger Stadium, <laughs> one of them. And so I've always had sort of a, a place in my heart for the, like, 
bratty little brother of the Winter Classic that is the Stadium Series. So I'm looking forward to Saturday's game. Kind of too bad you guys will miss out on Ovechkin, obviously, for good reason. His father passing away, he's not with the team. But too bad for ESPN and for fans that uh, Ovechkin will miss that event. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I don't think it's any surprise that there was a a number of things that uh, we had planned uh, with Ovechkin in that game. I mean, we actually had an incredible documentary uh, a couple weekends ago uh, about Ovi and and the chase uh, for Gretzky's record. So condolences to his family. Like, I I saw his father and and talked to his father uh, more than a few times when I was living in in the Washington, D.C. area and and, uh, kind of covering the Capitals. His, His dad was a a fixture at Capitals practices and, you know, would talk to anybody and talk to kids and the whole thing. So it was real, real, real sad to hear his, his, his father passed. And obviously real sad to hear that he uh, won't be around to, uh, to watch his son uh, chase NHL history over the next couple of seasons. Greg, quickly here, I, I, I know how this, these usually go. We'll, we've got a lot of things we want to get to, but you mentioning that you're in Bristol at ESPN headquarters sort of tripped a wire uh, and reminded me that I wanted to ask you about the story about the bankruptcy of the of – the, it's Bally Sports, right? Twelve NHL teams, and, and there's a lot of other sports, baseball, basketball, affected by this regional sports network bankruptcy. But how, how big a story within the NHL is it that 12 of their teams – broadcast partners are you know the parent company has filed for bankruptcy well that's that's a real great question i mean the nhl i think to this point has downplayed its impact um which is to be expected (laughs) because i think it could be tremendously impactful for the for the teams that are impacted by it And, and and so you know when you talk about other sports and other teams i mean i think those other teams and other sports have a multitude of different revenue streams that maybe aren't as flowy for hockey. <laughs> I think there are more than a few uh, NHL teams that are greatly reliant upon local TV money, for example, to to fund their bottom line. So it's a significantly big moment for I think a lot of teams that have those those local television contracts with that with that company. Um, but the NHL hasn't really addressed it in a formal way. They don't seem to, uh, uh, you, know, you know, they haven't come forth with anything like panicky yet. Um, but it's certainly something to keep an eye on as we move forward, for sure. And, and also within context of the salary cap, which at last glance um, isn't going to rise as significantly as, as the NHL thought, even going back to December. There's still a lot of talk about the league and the Players Association coming together to artificially raise the cap. Um, was through some sort of agreement this offseason. And, and certainly when you talk about hockey-related revenue uh, with this uh, RSN situation, it's going to definitely have an impact on, on that salary cap growth too. With Greg Wyshynski of ESPN, Mike Schopen, the Bulldog here on WGR. So to the Sabres, Greg, they've given us all reason for hope uh, this year somewhat suddenly which is maybe weird after an 11-year playoff drought, but this has been a nice season so far. They're right on the cusp. After losing four straight, they win in Anaheim last night. What do you think of their chances? I mean, according to Money Puck, they're 1-4 and right now and making the playoffs, which is pretty remarkable. It's a good place to be if you're the Sabres, right? I mean, they do have that games-in-hand advantage right now over the Washington Capitals, who currently inhabit the last wild-card spot in the Eastern Conference, and that's good news. I mean, you know, obviously... Turning around the the skid that they were on after the All Star break is good news too. Although I think more than a few teams have gotten their slump buster against the Anaheim Ducks this season. That's not a very good yeah. hockey team. So we'll see what happens as they move forward. But look, as as you guys know, the, the thing about the Sabers 
um, that we've been waiting for, for for a really long time is play some relevant games. You know, do some things that are going to benefit the Owen Powers and the Cousins and players like that in the long run by having games that mean something when you are, are playing hockey in March. And it's not simply just keeping both eyes on the draft lottery anymore for this franchise. And so the longer they can stay in this mix, the longer they're they're battling with the Capitals and the Islanders and the Panthers for that last playoff spot, um, or even the Penguins too, I guess, for those last two playoff spots, the better it's going to be in the long run for this team. There are too many teams that just atrophy by being in the lottery every year and not playing meaning, meaningful games. So hopefully the Sabres are the exception to that. You know, Mike sort of alluded to it, Greg, that it's kind of a, a, a you know surprising. Um, it feels a little ahead of schedule that they're even contending for a playoff spot. I mean, we're all looking for progress this season, but contending into February, hopefully into March, for a wild card spot, you know, I don't want to say everybody was closed-minded to the possibility, but it certainly wasn't the top of the list for me in this season. I just wanted to see growth and progress in their young players. With all that said, how, how should they handle things over the next couple of weeks here with the trade deadline looming? Like, it, should should Kevin Adams get busy trying to tweak or do something even bigger than that? Um, what's your view on how he should handle the trade deadline? I'm still trying to figure out what the schedule was post Eichel, right? Like, like when that something like that happens, it kind of like you throw the calendar in the trash and, and you just kind of like freelance it and freestyle it for a little bit. I mean, I, I'm trying to, I mean, like, I guess when you take a step back, they are ahead of schedule only because, you know, you were probably thinking with, with power now joining the team on a full-time basis, like what that trajectory was going to look like. But, you know, the, the two things I think this season that really messed with the schedule were the official emergence of Tage Thompson as the next Mary Lemieux <laughs> and, having, yeah. and, and having, and having, and having Stalin level up into being one of the top 10 defensemen in the league, which is we, we ran a ranking today on ESPN, a ranking that was compiled from um, surveys submitted by NHL players and NHL executives. And he's square there in the top 10 ahead of guys like Quinn Hughes, ahead of guys like Josh Morrissey and, and others. So, I mean, like those two being where they are, I think probably puts the team ahead of schedule. And to, to answer the trade deadline question, I mean, I wouldn't do anything. I mean, I, I think this is still a long-term play for them. Um, there's no reason to dabble in the rental market. If there's a hockey trade to be made, like if all of a sudden someone like Timo Meyer falls in their lap and there's a fit to be made with a guy that um, could be here longer term, is in his mid-20s and is one of the best scoring wingers in the league, like, sure, why not? But, I mean, mm-hmm. as far as just trying to augment the lineup to remain relevant in the playoff race, I mean, I'd save those picks because I think you'll probably need them for when the team is really ready to contend. What about Meyer, Greg? Like, what I've read is not a lot, but that he would be highly coveted here. Is he somebody that you see the contenders all hoping to pick up? Yes, but there there are some complications there. I'm actually talking about this on a point tonight with regard to the Devils and Timo Meyer. And the Devils are really hot after Meyer, right? Like they they want that guy in a big way to be in their top six on right wing. He's got the size that their lineup lacks. They think that he, they could put him next to Jack Hughes and, and have just an incredible combination offensively. But the the trick with him is is that one, it's gonna it's obviously gonna cost a lot. Like the Sharks know what they have in this guy. He's in his mid twenties. He's an incredible goal scorer. They're asking for uh, at least a first-round pick, probably two prospects, one of those prospects being an A-grade prospect. Um, but the trick is is that you're going to have to figure out the contract part of it. So Timo Meyer is a restricted free agent this summer, and his qualifying offer based on his current salary will be $10 million. So if you get an arbitration thing with him for another season, you're going to have to pay him $10 million against the cap. 
Now, there are certainly teams that can do that, the Sabres being one of them, the Devils being one of them, but not a lot of teams want to do that. So part of the trick is who can sign him to a long-term deal beyond this season along with paying the freight that it'll take to get him on their team. And that's going to be a, a tricky one to figure out if you're the Devils, the Leafs, or really any team that's contending. With Greg Wyshynski of ESPN. By the way, you mentioned that, that's cool. Our timing is really fortunate here with you, it seems, with this survey and what you're focused on tonight with the broadcast and everything. Uh, are, are you, you're with, you sound like you would be, um, Darlene, in that sort of high status. I mean, the Sabres have, Bulldog, how close has a Sabre ever come to the Norris? Has it ever happened where a Sabres player was a finalist? I don't think it has. Maybe in the very early days, but I don't yeah. think so. I don't remember, yeah. So it's not like it's not shocking. <laughs> you know, he's 101 in his draft. It just took a little while, and maybe there's a lesson in that. I don't know. Was Housley ever in the mix when he was with the Sabres at some point? I, I don't know. I feel like in those, he might have been, but in those days there was such a bias against guys who played like him. Yeah, I don't think the, that that award has transformed over like our lifetimes to become more like it's a point-of-game guy. Um, Unless you that, were Paul that, Coffey, perhaps. Right. But, right, yeah. right. Or, I mean, and, and yeah, and at that point, like guys like Coffey and Bork basically had that thing on their mantle like every year anyway. So, yeah. no, you know, the, the, the Darlene thing was great to see because in the times I've seen him this year, I've just been astounded. I mean, like he's got such great mobility. His hockey sense is great. He's such a, a guy that can create offense. Um, and, and it was good to see that recognition from, from the folks that we, that we surveyed. I mean, being – I think he's like number eight is is no is no slouch. I mean, the players in front of him are guys like McCarr and Fox and Hedman and Carlson and and some of the best defensemen that we've had in the last decade. So to see him get that kind of lofty um, status from his peers and his bosses is cool. But on the other hand, you know, you talk about the Norris Trophy. We we run a, a monthly segment on ESPN called NHL Awards Watch. And Darlene's been in the top three most of the month. Yep. I mean, like, the, and those are the actual voters that we survey to get their ballots. So, I mean, the idea that he could eventually be in the top three this year, I don't think is too outlandish. You figure Carlson's going to be there because his offensive output's been insane. Um, you figure McCarr is going to be there because he's, he's McCarr. And then you got one other spot, and it could be down to, like, Darlene, Adam Fox, Josh Morrissey of the Jets, a couple others. But I think, I think Darlene's got that spot right now. You know, speaking of that survey, I, I, I did read that. Um, and I, I found it amazing, uh, Greg, and you've been t- tweeting this, and it, it, that someone, one of the one of the managers you spoke to, I, I guess, said I wouldn't have Carlson in the top ten. Speaking of biases on the North, oh. like it, it feels to me like that is an argument from like the early two thousands or when maybe <laughs> he first got in the league. I can't believe that someone running a hockey team is still out there dinging Carlson for his quote unquote defensive defensive deficiencies. Oh my gosh. Well, well, it's really interesting, right? Because like when he used to get dinged for it in the mid last last decade, right? Um, I didn't think it was that valid. Like I thought he had the speed to close in on on players defensively. I was a big a believer in the best offense, best defense is good offense kind of argument mm-hmm. that used to be used for guys like Mike Green too. So those arguments against Carlson when he was winning the Norris, I thought were a little bit immaterial. If you make them now, <laughs> they're a little bit more valid because that dude has decided. I am not going to really play much defense anymore. I am going to push the pedal down offensively. I mean, he's, he's on a point-per-game uh, pace right now. That would be, I think, the 11th best season offensively for a defenseman ever, and the only guys in front of him are guys like Bork and Coffey. So 
I do think that there is a valid crit- criticism of the way he plays now defensively, but I've also talked to some players and some people that know him a little bit, and they're like, look, he's on the Sharks. That's a lottery team. They've, they've got no hope of making the playoffs. If you put him on the Oilers or if you put him on a more relevant team, I think you'd see him D it up more just because, like, there's more at stake. Guy wants to win. Right now, mm-hmm. it's just, like, all offense because why care about the defensive end? Just, like, pad your stats. Interesting. Greg, um, the state of the game right now, I feel like this is a, this is a story that, for for me, like when I think about this for myself as someone now at 51 years of age, that I, I'm taken by how great I think it is. Like we're always ripping the NHL and why don't they do this? It's always like just sort of you, uh, face palms with this league. But whatever, however they got here, and you might have a completely different, I don't think so, but completely different attitude about this. I mean... I love it. It's it's so much skill. I don't miss the lack of physical play at all. And I love the fast pace. And these Sabres, I mean, they're fitting right in with it uh, finally this year. So do, do you agree that it's at a like sort of at or near a high for watchability? And is that not pretty interesting if it is? Well, first of all, you don't sound you don't sound a day over fifty in my eyes. Um, <laughs> thank you. It's only a, f- a few hundred days. That's all. So thank you. <laughs> but uh, no, it's it's a really amazing time to be a hockey fan, and and you know, the, the conversation is is a day long that we could have about how we got here. But in brief, I mean, there's no question that the rules changes that we had, you know, twenty years ago ish, uh, definitely fostered a more offensive. Uh, era in the NHL, you know, incrementally there's been changes to goalie equipment and things like that that have helped too. The salary cap for all of its evils um, also created a situation where teams needed cheaper, younger labor, which meant usually more offensively minded players and defensively minded players. And and then, you know, now you have four lines that can skate and score. No longer do you have, you know, the goons on the fourth line clogging up the ice for seven minutes a game. And the last thing is that like in, in recent years, you definitely have a bit more innovation and in coaching and skill coaching in particular for offensive players like shooting coaches, and skating coaches and things like that, that have allowed them, I think, to get ahead of the goalies maybe for the first time in like 20 years where goaltending used to be a lot more coach, coach oriented and equipment oriented and things like that. And I feel like the players right now, the scorers are a bit ahead of the goalies in their like trajectory. Um, so all those things combined give us, you know, a thing like we had last season where it was the highest scoring season since the mid-1990s, and, and we're ahead of that pace right now. So it's it's a great time to be a hockey fan if you're someone who's been waiting for the end of boring 2-1 games every night. Well, I, I love hearing that. I, I, I caught – I've mentioned this a time or two on the show, Greg. Um, I caught Steve Eiserman on a TNT intermission at one point earlier this year, and – you know, I'm I'm usually not optimistic that those interviews are going to provide anything that's worth <laughs> mentioning on a show like this multiple times. But in this case, um, he was asked some sort of generic question about you know his career as a player morphing into a front office guy and like the, how the game has changed. And his response was like the biggest change he's seeing currently is that coaches are coaching offense you have to coach offense and when he was playing and when he first transitioned into being a manager or a front office type it was all about defensive systems and shutting your opponent down and now like his point was you're going to get left in the dust if you are not coaching your skill guys on how to maximize their potential 
Yeah, and that and it's no surprise that he hired an assistant from the Tampa Bay Lightning to be his head coach for that very reason, which is that the if you are playing defense, you're playing defense to create offense. It's something the Lightning did for years, and, and it led to them winning two straight cups. The idea that you pressure, pressure, pressure to try to create turnovers and then go the other way with it. I think the Devils are a team that right now is is playing a, a, a style of hockey that's going to be really uh, mimicked by other teams. You know, they play on the rush, they get everybody involved, but they're so quick that they can get back defensively and not cost themselves when they play up on the rush. So it's he's completely right. I mean, like, if, if you're a coach with this kind of talent in this league right now and you're trying to play, like, Barry Trotz hockey, like, no offense to Barry Trotz, like, you're doing it wrong because you, you have to try to put the pedal down and play offensively in this league, mainly because you get, like, seven to three games, like we saw last night with the Sabres. And yep. you certainly aren't going to – you can't put the genie back in the bottle now. Like, it's an offensive league. And, and so I think you have to coach that way. You know, you, we're out of time. You talk about going all day on a subject. I'd love to keep going on just how analytics has played such a role in all sports. It's just, like, yeah. the, the result – is so excellent, you know, NBA with the threes and football. Like, oh, we should throw it. We should throw it all the time. Hmm, would that be fun to watch? I wonder if that'd be fun to watch. Well, that's not why we're going to do it, but we're going to do it because it's optimal. And it's also suited owners. You talk about cheaper labor and how that's meant. You've got baseball teams who are like, you know, just, just we, why, why spend this money on free agency? That's not always good for for the aesthetic, but it has made prominent changes to these sports and in some ways, including hockey, I think, really in a positive way. You know, how long ago was it when we talked about how hits were an important stat? And, yeah. you know, now it's like, well, you don't have the puck, so let's cut that out. Yeah, I mean, now it's all about, you know, where you're shooting from and, and, and what, what the quality of those shots are, high danger chances, things like that. I mean, you're completely right. The analytics revolution in the league has made a huge difference, and there's still dinosaurs that believe that they're overrated and i will point to the fact that the tampa bay lightning the colorado avalanche yeah those are two teams that live and die by analytics based on how their front office operates so the teams that win are the ones that work with them the sabers finally dived in and look what that's amounted oh, to. you got a hell of a smart guy to, to run that department too I, I think he's brilliant so yeah so only good things ahead that's why you have a 25 percent chance of making the playoffs because you went, you went with, with ventura I, I kind of think so, so I'm not going to laugh at this one. But yes, uh, that and a few other things, I guess. So, good. Greg, uh, great to talk to you. We'll look forward to watching you tonight. Anytime. Thanks for having me. Greg Wyshynski of ESPN. At Wyshynski. Take a, take a crack at it. And then do a Google search, if you need it, to know how to spell it. <laughs> Just give it a, give it one honest, honest try. All right. That was fun. Mike Shope and the Bulldog here. Lines are open for you. We've talked bills, free agency, some hockey here. 803, some Thai food, 803-0550 is the number. Back after sports on WGR. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. 
spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.